Hello, my name is Vanessa Ortega, and you are listening to the Scene World Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Scene World. My name is AJ. Jurg is over there. Uh, he's getting set up. We're doing things a little bit differently today. We're using different software, so uh, Jurg will be with us in a minute, as will Martin Amon, our very own... Um, who and, and we're going to be talking to Joe Clifford and Brandon Keenan from AntStream in just a minute. Um, we don't have very much news this time. Uh, Yurik has been away at Gamescom for the last week or so. Um, I've been away at just not paying attention to anything for the last week or so, so don't really know what's going on. Um, but we'll get back to the news the next time we do one of these regular deals. Um, uh, looks like we're about ready, so let's pop over and talk to Antstream. Okay, so today we are talking to Antstream and in person, Brandon Keenan and Joe Clifford. Hello. Hi. So Hi. great to talk to you. So maybe Martin explain how we found out about Antstream and how this all started. Well, last year we were uh, at Gamescom in Cologne, Germany, and um, I think we had three-thirds of the fair around us, and then Jörg and I started going around and looking at the other booths, and in a sudden we saw Endstream, and uh, on first sight it was very cool for me, because I am just uh, a poor gamer and just playing around with uh, yeah, with, with retro stuff here, um, you can't see it, but there are the Amigas standing over there and then the Nintendo systems there. And uh, so um, <clears throat> uh, I saw that uh, you could play old games on actual new hardware, probably in, in your uh, modern setting. And this was very interesting for me. So uh, we talked to the people at the booth and thought this is a very cool idea. Yeah, that's it in short. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're glad you think it's a cool idea. We, we think it's a cool idea, too. It's definitely a, a lot of fun, and I think we're getting some good feedback. And I know, was that, did you say that, was that conference in, in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. We had a good response there, too. So it's definitely exactly what you said. You could play all your old games in a, in a, in a single platform on, on any device. I recall there was a real, uh, real um yeah, big big library uh, always ready there. It was last year, and uh, I, I think I, I played International Karate Plus, I think. And uh, the only thing uh, we, other, what my problem was, if, if I wanted to know if you just had all these older stuff, uh, and if you were interested in adding new stuff too, because uh, in our retro business, as I like to call it, uh, we actually get this uh, thing that a lot of people start making new games on all these older platforms and uh, you go the other way around. You take the modern platform and do the older games. So uh, I think this is an interesting point in the end. Hmm. Um, I mean, we, we'd love Antstream to just become a one-stop shop for all your gaming. Um, 
And I know that when we did the Kickstarter, there was a homebrew level on that, which would allow people to put games on the system at a later date. It's not something that we can do at the moment, but it's definitely something that's on the radar of the team um, because retros have this massive resurgence over the last few years. In any event you go to, people are playing on the retro zones and loving the old consoles. And I think developers have really caught onto that. Um, and it's you're getting a lot more where they can make these these smaller games that are just as engrossing as these AAA games with 4K graphics. Um, and we definitely want a home for those developers in the long run. Why don't we exp- uh, describe for people that might not understand what, what it is that we're talking about? What actually is Antstream? What what does that provide? So the idea between behind Antstream is you will have one account on multiple devices, and you've got access to hundreds of games. Um, so you pay one monthly subscription and you, on, that, um, on that profile you can access hundreds and hundreds of retro classic games. You can challenge your friends as well, which is something we're really proud of on the platform. Um, we've introduced challenges uh, with bronze, silver and gold medals. You can set high scores on these. We have new challenges every week and it's a really good way of bringing a new dynamic to older games. Um, they're all officially licensed as well, which is obviously something that we're very passionate about having most of us come from a gaming background. I wonder how did this all started? I mean, you mentioned Kickstarter at the at, at the beginning, but what was the um, the crown founding idea of making such a service at all? I mean, there are also new challenges. For example, at Gamescom, there was kind of a network lag you had to deal with, and um, especially nowadays, people are very concerned about, um, you know, delays in the controls and so on. So, so how did it all start and how do you plan to avoid all the technical limitations and problems? Uh, well, the, the system's come quite a long way from since Gamescom last year, even though that was only 12 months ago. Um, and as of yet, apart from a few people who've managed to access the system in weird areas, everyone who is playing it in the UK at the moment, we haven't had any feedback about lag. The team have done an incredible job um, of massively reducing anything. And even hardcore retro gamers have said that the experience is just like playing on a hard console, which is great for us to hear. Um, so obviously we're always working to improve the technology, but as of yet, we've, the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive from the community. And how did it start? How did the project start? What was um, the was kickoff? Steve, um, Steve our CEO, um, basically has always been had a passion for gaming has always done development and coding um and much like yourselves is a, a retro gamer and he, the same thing that i noticed at events where people are always playing the retro games that was his was the sort of spark i suppose for this and how we how can we preserve these games and bring them to a new generation and also make them accessible to everyone so you call yourself netflix of games so it's kind of a subscription that you have to pay and more and more games are getting included or what is your basic concept yeah so 9.99 a month for the standard subscription but you can get that down to 7.99 a month 7.99 a month when you sign up for a year so make yourself a little saving during the early access period at the moment in the uk we've been adding 10 new games a week and so that's already gone up by 50 titles since we launched Um, And the idea is that as soon as we've got new games ingested and onto the system, we'll then upload them and share them with the community. So we're constantly adding to that catalog. Um, When when the C64 Mini came out a while ago, um, I noted that obviously use a similar similar technique for Endstream. I don't know if I'm totally mistaken, but 
it looked like um, the early versions of the Z64 Mini before the firmware updates had the same kind of display lags and technical problems that Endstream had at the beginning. And it seems to me that um, the emulator is pretty similar, but I could be totally mistaken. But I thought maybe it's using a similar technique or maybe even the same emulator. Um, it could be. I mean, we don't have anything to do with the C64 Mini, so I honestly couldn't, uh -huh, uh -huh. couldn't comment on that. Did you, when did you, sorry, when did you play, did you play it recently? No, no, I played it last year at, at um, Gamescom in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we, like, like, like Joe said, I mean, it's been, the, on, the only comments we've had on lag is people were surprised that there is no lag. So ah, okay. uh, if there was any problems, and, and, and in fact, what's been incredible is we've had, um, you know, we've created a bunch of social challenges as well. And, and so what, what's been really neat is we've seen some of our fans pick up on Twitch <laughs> and start playing these social challenges with each other. And and we thought there was going to be some lag on Twitch, but it seems to be uh, it seems to be streaming because that's it's that's an extra layer of streaming, and it seems to be working fine. But the comments were incredible. In fact, I think we had some uh, I think 15, 16 year old kids that were decided that they wanted to play four hundred games in one sitting. Yeah. And they sat there and played them, and then they they did some challenges with their friends and stuff like that. So it's been a it's, it's been a pleasantly uh, nice to to see the the no lag. That's good to know. Are you actually this year at Gamescom as well? So people can see the current state of the uh, We don't have a booth, uh, but I'll be there and I'll have my phone. And if you're there, I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll play it on my phone together and I'll show you. But yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we will be there and, and walk around. And we'd love to meet people and uh, Great. we're happy to demo it on the spot. Yeah, we definitely should uh, exchange contact info, mobile numbers and so on, because we will be there too. And I really want to see what it's up now and nowadays so that we get That's an updated my, impression. It's my first Gamescom, so what am I, what am I in for? <sighs> well, <laughs> a big, big retro booth, a lot of new games for old consoles, Scene World Magazine on the Commodore 64 and Amiga. Yeah, and Martin is actually the head of the Amiga version, uh, so oh, cool. uh, yeah. So well, yes. yeah, we'll, we'll come by and find you, and then we'll. Uh, what do we do? We share we share a beer and a pretzel, and we play some retro games. <laughs> Why should, not? Sure. We should share two beers minimum. <laughs> two beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, they're, they're, I, your beers are this tall. <laughs> Not in Cologne. <laughs> Only in Munich. <laughs> um, I, I will. I will send you my. I will send you my mobile phone number. I guess that that's the easiest to catch me during Gamescom because it's so loud. Um, the the best thing to catch me is uh, via text because then I see it on my on my smartwatch. Um, Speaking about the technical standpoint, I would like to know how you are going about this NTSC PAL problem that all those retro games have, especially on the Commodore 64, NES, and all that thing. You know, a prime example would be Summer Games. We in Europe, we always heard the intro music of Summer Games 25% too slow uh, because we didn't have um, as fast machines as the Americans. <laughs> so I wonder how you go about that. Well, I, I mean, that's a that's a 
Big question. I, I don't know. I mean, we're, it, it's hard to talk about a problem that we don't know exists. I mean, we seem to be getting through intros, no problem, and people are playing it. I think the devices now, I mean, I grew up on a, I, I'm, I'm American, and I grew up on a Commodore 64, and that's what we learned how to, how to code on. But um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any problems with the intros. I haven't seen any problems with lag. I mean, if there's old problems, they seem to be uh, non-existent now. I think these devices, I mean, are, are the, the power of our phones are, are a lot more powerful than what, and now, now I'm actually going into a different direction. Um, many games on the Commodore 64 had like two versions. And uh, companies early in the 80s, they wouldn't bother to fix the music for the American, um, for, for the European market. Right. And so the game would run too slow when it comes to the music. So sometimes you have like the original intended version for the American market and the European version who is not 100% fixed. It's a fair question. In fact, it's, you're enlightening me to something that I didn't even know was a thing because obviously I'm, 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 I, I never noticed the European version. But um, what, what, one thing that we did we think is pretty cool is that we actually built in, so you can, we have a few different multiple types of the same game, and you can actually pick which platform you grew up on. So if it was on the Amiga, it was on the C64, whatever it was. So the screen that you see and the version you get is the version that you would have played off of your, your original uh, uh, console. So it allows you to have that same exact experience. So whatever experience you had, uh, you can play. If you wanted the American experience, you could actually play that if you wanted your music to be faster, I guess. I don't know. Ah, so you can choose between the different versions on the same platform. Yeah. Well, and the, and, the, and the magic of, of emulators really is the fact that, that an emulator can, can be either an NTSC or PAL. That, that doesn't affect the machines that we're using nowadays, you know? So it's mostly a timing issue with the old machines. Like, yeah, my, my elderly C64 behind me, which is an NTSC machine, uh, wouldn't be able to run a PAL game. But on an emulator, I can just switch it to PAL mode yep. and it's fine, no problem. So I assume that that's probably what's, what's going on is that your emulator is probably set to whatever, you know, whoever's developing the, or setting up the games for it is probably making sure that the emulator runs it at the correct speed. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we, we haven't seen the issue. I, I'm, I'm curious to test it, but I, we haven't seen the issue at all. And I think it would be uh, uh, something that we could, we could fix easily if it was an issue. But, I, you know, and because we have multiple versions, uh, you're able to kind of pick the version. But I, don't, I don't think it would be a problem. I was looking at your computer screen. I feel like you have a kit car on your front, your driveway as well. Is that like a talking computer? And then you have a talking car. <laughs> very, uh, it's, a, it's a very retro computer screen you got there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually logged into Quantum Link from the old C64 days. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you, I mean, look, I mean, Joe, Joe works on the uh, the community side, and I'm on the marketing side. We we we're happy to look into a lot of that, but the technical stuff. You guys are probably more technical than us, but we, what what we see. I come in. I came into this company as a as a fan of gaming and and as a fan of retro games. And then I, I played Antstream. I think uh, uh, Steve showed it to me. We were playing on a at the airport and he just pulled out his, his, his remote control and Bluetoothed it into his phone. And we just sat there for hours while we were trying to kill time and playing these games. And I, I, I had so much fun with it and I just thought, man, this is, it's, it's actually really, really fun to play. And then with the, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier kind of the social challenges and, and the way we've kind of changed. So you still get kind of that same retro experience where you're going to play your games in the pure form. But then we created these kind of little one minute segments where you can, you can play, say, like Prehistoric Isle or, or Metal Slug or something that you can play for, for a quick minute. In, in some cases, we might have a challenge that says, don't shoot anyone for a, for a minute and see how long you last. 
in some cases it might be shoot as many uh, shoot as many dinosaurs or baddies or whatever you want to call in a minute. And then once I'm done, I can then just challenge and I can say, Jorger, Martin, I could I could challenge you and your phone will beep and say, you know, Brandon challenges you now to 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 shoot as many dinosaurs in prehistoric aisle as you can. And then we go, so it's kind of that words with friends and that asynchronous social. So bringing that element to uh, to those old games is, is is a lot of fun. So I, I, I've, I, I genuinely have fun playing the platform. So uh, uh, that, that's kind of why I joined anyway. I know, that was, I know that's not what you asked, but I figured I would just tell you anyway. Well, that's an interesting thing too in the social aspect of it because we've seen other you know platforms like there's an there's a, a Apple Game Center or something which kind of it gives you sort of these artificial you like you know like hey you should go and do this challenge you should do this but in this one you're actually saying that that you can you can issue challenges to other people within your circle rather than it just being this, you know, like, you know, like the game center thing. So you should play this, you know, this is like, Hey, I just did this beat me. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you, you, you go into the game. I, I, I wish I could show you with a screen share, but yeah, you, you go into the game and then down below you'll have four or five challenges that you can unlock as you go through. You can play them solo by yourself or you can challenge a friend with gems mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's totally up to you to, to play and then keep going back and forth. And I'll tell you what, we did it at play expo up in Manchester and, and uh, I was surprised we had some kids that just, totally went crazy. They, they, they totally cracked out on it. They showed up at like 9 a.m. right when the, right when the doors opened and they played till six. We had to kick, kick them off because all they were just obsessed with trying to get the high score. <laughs> and so it was, it was interesting to see the, the retro feel of the game where we think maybe older people like that and these kids actually loved it. But then that, the element of kind of that, I guess, esports challenge social thing really changed, you know, and brought it to the kind of this modern world. So it was, it was a really cool feeling. The other thing we saw, which was really funny, was, uh, was, was dads and kids playing together. You know, and the response we got on kids, I, I think originally we built this, I mean, to, to your original question, Steve thought, you know, there's a real problem in this market, right? I mean, there's, guess how many, uh, you guys probably know more than me, how many retro titles there are in the world? I mean, uh, or two from 90s, 90s backwards to 71, 72, how many retro titles do you think there are? Millions. I don't know. I, I heard 150,000, but it's probably is millions. If you think about all the independent games and stuff, but if you think for the, the yeah. major licensed games, there's over 150,000 of those games. And, and what happens to them if you're a collector, you either keep them in the plastic or they just turn to dust or, or you've got your consoles or, you know, it's, and, or, or your wife, you, you move, like I'm in the process of moving house and, and now I'm getting rid of, yeah, I, I'm, I, I move house a lot. So now I've got boxes and boxes of games and like, and, and, you know, the wife always says you should probably, maybe get rid of these now, you know? So um, what, what happens is that, so, so this really underserved and you look at things like, um, uh, like Spotify and Netflix and, and what's happened. It's made our lives better. doesn't mean I'm going to stop collecting vinyl because I listen to Spotify. It just means I have Spotify when I want it. It's a lot more convenient. I still love my vinyl. I still love the crack of the record and I still love playing it, but I want to have this on, on any device wherever I go. And I think Steve saw that as a problem and thought he can do something about this. And, and lag and all the things you talked about technically were, were always going to be a challenge. And I think there's a lot of naysayers, in, in especially the purists, that think there's no way I'm going to switch from, a, from my console because I like it to be perfect. I, I have my, my touch and feel. And, and I think what we've done, I mean, it, it's been a couple of years in development. I think what we've done is actually build something that gives you that same touch and feel. Uh, and, and, and soon to be released, the ability to kind of change your controls to, to customize them how you want. Uh, but to give you that ability so when you get stuck at your mother-in-law's house or you're, you're stuck on a train or you're stuck somewhere, you can actually open your phone or you can open your PC or your laptop 
and have that same experience and not wonder why your all your consoles are sitting at home. That I think that was the challenge that he was trying to solve, and and we we we're pretty proud. Of it. We think we actually we we've done it, and I can't wait to show it to you because I, I think you'll agree. Hmm. So we definitely should meet up next month. Now these these games are these these are um they're streamed so nothing is actually stored on your machine or your phone there, there might right. be like a like a backbone of the software that you're using like like with spotify you have an app but the actual software itself isn't staying any place on your on your phone which then saves a lot of space because computers today are for some inexplicable reason coming out with almost no storage at all because they expect everything to be in the cloud and this is the sort of thing where you can have kind of a huge game collection that you don't actually have to have on your machine to use. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, I think there's, there's going to be people that say, oh, streaming, you know, why, why, why would I stream when I could just play these and I could, I could you know, do whatever. But streaming is the future, right? And, and as long as, we, you know, you crack the code to this, it's, it's the way it's going to be. And it'll, it'll allow you also to continue games. You know, you can go from your phone to your, your desktop and, and go from, you know, switch devices and, and play. So not having that, you know, the, the, uh, the, the limitation of that download. And as long as you get that experience, and, and we understand gamers, and we know that uh, gamers won't put up with any sort of lag, skips, or broken games because you, you'll leave instantly. So if you can have that experience where you enjoy it as much as you do and then be able to play it on any device wherever it's convenient. Um, you know, we, we did a survey of our, our initial user set, and most people are playing on their Xbox, uh, and, then, and then, then the PC, and then their phone. I thought it was going to be the opposite, most people playing on their phone. But people are putting these games on their big screen. They're playing on their Xbox. They're, you know, they're, they're able soon to be able to play on their PS4. They play on the Fire. I mean, so, so there's a, the, the ability to just pick whatever device you want. Mac that, version? That's where streaming allows you to do it. Mac version? Yes. Mac version. So you can, pay, you can play on the iOS. Uh, there, there's, there's obviously challenges with any Mac stuff. But you can play on, on, a, on a MacBook, on a, on a laptop, or on a, on a phone, or on your okay. iPad. Okay. And the new the new macOS that's coming out actually will allow you to run i uh, iPad apps. So one would assume that if there's an iPad app version of it, then yeah, at the moment you can get it on Mac, um, so that won't be a problem at all. All right, beautiful, sweet, great. So I wonder how about the license issues and and all that. I guess nowadays many companies are not around anymore. You know, like um, Epics and all those others. And then and then you have publishers like First Star Software who who did a Boulder Dash who are saying no, we don't want to give our licenses away. But of course. As a platform like Endstream, you want to have as much games as possible for your users. So I wonder how you go about that. That must be sometimes really difficult. I mean, it, it is difficult, but that's why we're that's why we're here. I mean, that's that's what we do because uh, you know I think for the the you know I, I consider I, this is going to sound crazy. I consider myself. So I'm not a total full on. Retro. I mean, I don't have consoles piled up, and I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a purist. But for someone like me, if someone said, "Hey, go, go pirate a game and figure out how to play it," it's not as simple as it sounds, right? I mean, you, you, you probably could bumble through it and figure it out and 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 play some choppy version of a game. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to do it for hundreds of games. It might be something I could try to figure out and 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 do poorly. In in this case, you know, our, our li we're giving our licensors the ability to get their games to people. In, in a legal way, and then they get compensated for it. But we're also giving the ability for, for people who, who, 
like me who, who just want to play the games and not have to sit there and fiddle through all sorts of different programming and technology and, 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 and maybe sites getting shut down. And, uh, you know, I remember the day when Napster, when Metallica used to just put all their songs on, you guys remember Napster and they, they put all their songs on and I would download my Metallica. And the next thing I know, I'd have just this loud, high screeching sound. And they were trying to ruin my speakers on purpose because they, they knew that I, I illegally pirated their music. So I think, look, we, we give people a, a, a wholesome experience, but we're also giving the license holders the ability to, to make money. Now, what you touched on, Jörg, is, is the, the fact that, I mean, licensing is a mess. And, and uh, you know, we're talking 19, early 70s, you know, and, and, and licenses have changed hands. And you've got artists and creative people and musicians and uh, tons of people that were, who, who's the original creator? You never really know. I mean, what's the most important aspect? It's, it's a really difficult thing. And we do our best. And, and that's, that's, that's the service that we provide. I mean, that, that's why, you know, people pay us on a monthly basis for subscriptions because we go through all of that and make sure that the games you're playing are licensed and the, and the games and the, and, and the proper people are, are, are getting uh, compensated for it. So we're, we're trying to clean it up a bit. And to your, to your point about licensors who, who are saying they're not going to do it. I mean, this is the future. I mean, and, and the ability to give them, uh, a, a revenue stream and, and, and to clean it up. And I think majority of gamers want to play it the right way. There's always going to be people on the fringe that don't, but if, if people are getting paid and, and, and it's all being taken care of above board, I think that's a, a better solution. Now that covers the retro uh, era as far as, as, as games that are, are older and, and uh, you know, that aren't in, in print anymore, but there are still some people producing games for these retro machines now, such as, you know, our, our, Good Martin over there has has released new games for the Amiga. Now is this, is there, a, is this, a, is this a plug? I don't know. Nice advert, smooth. Yeah, <laughs> it's our own podcast, so it's fine. But you're right. You're plug. You can plug whatever you want. You're right. But the point the point is basically like, is there is there a framework in for newer releases that are coming out for retro hardware and and whatever else for that to be included as well. Or are you just sticking to the the older retro releases? I mean, look, we're we're a, we're a small team, and we're we're we've got a, a, a to do list that's a hundred miles long. So uh, the answer to your question is yes. I mean, we want we want everything. We want we want to you know people to be able to come in and play on a platform and play whatever games they want. Uh, we've been focusing on retro and, and and focusing on the purity of it and making sure that that people get the experience that they enjoy. We're not changing that. You know, we want to make sure that it has that that real feel. Um, and, and that was our focus, and, and, and we're, we're still focused on that. We want to be the, you know, we are the world's first retro game subscription service. Uh, as we evolve, I mean, look, anything's possible. I mean, we're, we're going to evolve and grow, and we're getting some incredible feedback from the market. We're getting some uh, uh, some incredible partners, and we, we think it's it's uh, we're on the right track. And I think it all comes down first and foremost is that user experience and that that gameplay, you know. And if if uh, Martin would be mad, at, mad at us if we put his game on and people had a choppy experience because they would, they would blame him. So we want to make sure that we can handle all of that. And, uh, and, and at the end, we, we, it's got to be a great experience. That, that, that's all that matters to us. Or another example would be Zen's Journey, which actually uh, was sold over 2,000 times, which is incredible for a C64 games that was released two years ago. And it's actually using weird scrolling tricks and all that stuff that, um, that is probably really hard to handle. Well, no, so that's necessarily. I didn't know that they sold two thousand games for C sixty four. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, uh, actually, um, a big chunk of that was physical copies on cartridge and disc. Yeah. 
Wow, that's cool. It's, it's kind of a renaissance right now for, and this is totally off topic, but it's kind of a renaissance as far as releasing C64 stuff. Like the guys that did Farm Simulator released a Commodore 64 version of Farming Simulator. Oh, that's yeah. incredible. And, and it sold and people bought it. And, and 30,000 know, copies. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, people are coming out with new games. The, the guy that did a, a Limbo, uh, yeah, Limbo, the, the game on iOS and whatnot, they're coming out with a C64 version of it, which looks almost perfect compared to the original. It's, it's, it's really a weird time because these games are doing really well and <laughs> they're coming out all, constantly. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely cool. a resurgence in, in retro and the love of retro that's being shown not only in the community, but in developers and publishers as well, which is amazing to see. Um, I think, obviously, as Brandon was saying, we are a very small team um, mm. who have managed to create this. And I think at the moment, this has come from a love and a want to preserve those titles that might otherwise get lost in time. But it's the never say never attitude when it comes to getting games on the platform with the team. My, my I mean, philosophy, my personal philosophy in life is say yes more than no, and then you'll never know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you say you are a small team. So are you actually planning to involve and grow bigger, grow the service bigger? Are there any future plans you have that you maybe can share or um, something that is not too secret? We tell them about the global domination. <laughs> yeah global i mean look we're we're ambitious man i mean look we 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 i think we've done something a little bit different than than a lot of startups do and i i think i think we're we're really proud of this part is that a, a lot of startups come out raise money for an idea and then use the money to build the, the product mm -hmm. and and the consumer usually gets screwed in that transaction because they then they get subpar products with with incredible marketing and, and it, it gets to market and, and you kind of bumble through it and you become their, their beta partner uh, as they figure out how to make money. For us, we've done a complete opposite. We've already got an incredible product. Now we're going to figure out the marketing piece. And, and so the, the marketing stuff is, is going to be key. And, and yeah, we're, we're launching UK. We're launching Western Europe. Uh, um, I guess for now, we're still part of Europe and in, in the UK. But uh, um, as, as we grow this thing, you know, it, you know and, then, and then US. Uh, so... You know, our, our initial, we did a Kickstarter and, and we exceeded our goal. And I think what we found out from our data points is people love retro everywhere. We had people, we had, we had people in, in South Africa, we had people in Singapore, Malaysia, you know, down there. We had uh, uh, people in Germany, you know, the Nordics. I mean, everywhere there's retro fans. And uh, we even had a guy, I think, Joe, didn't you have someone say they were, they were playing it? out of Malaysia or Indonesia yeah. or somewhere else. And, and, and Malaysia, Thailand, and Singapore. <laughs> and he said, he's like, it's working fine. And we don't even have servers re remotely close to him. And he, he's like, it's playing fine, no problem. And we, we couldn't really understand how that's happening. But I think, I think that the, the key for us is we, we've already built the product. And uh, so, I mean, of course, there's going to be iterations and growth and, and, and the users are going to give us feedback. And of course, it's going to get better and better. But we do think from day one, you already get a great product. And that's been you know, three or four years in development. So, so we're really proud of that fact. Uh, I think it's, to me, it's just refreshing from a, from a world that's, that's, I think, the complete opposite. Interestingly, um, I also subscribe to your newsletter and you, you have um, a huge blog of all the stories from all the games. So not only do you have Endstream as a product, but you also have the stories surrounding the games and the publishers and the creators. So you are creating a whole fear about about this thing, a whole universe. At least that is my impression. 
con- content is king. We just try to like build content and give people stuff and people like, I mean, everybody wants more and more content, you know? And I think when I, when I grew up, maybe I, I, I didn't build Anstream, but when I grew up, I, I was, you say universe. I was thinking I, I collected He-Man dolls and master of the universe was maybe, maybe that's where we were going. But I, we're, we're more He-Man than Skeletor, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Uh, Anyone else collect He-Man? Is that, is, that, is that just a weird uh, confession that I've just made, or did you guys? I, I, I was a Thundercats guy myself. Yes. Thundercats. I must be a little <laughs> bit older than you, then maybe I don't know. Uh, I was eighty-five or ish or so. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. They came on right after He-Man. Yeah. Uh, it was Shira? It was Shira, and, and she, was it Shira? Shira? Shira. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Shira. And then the um, and then the bad one they made her blue, like blue skinned the, the evil Shira. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, the part I liked about all those is that the animation budgets were so low that when they laughed, nothing else moved. Their shoulders just would go up and down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember that. <laughs> we should do a whole other podcast on He-Man. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, so well, let's talk- before we get back into that, though, the best part of any He-Man was the <laughs> Christmas special when <laughs> when Skeletor has to be good and he gets so angry about having to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You saved us. You really are wonderful. Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am not wonderful. <laughs> I, the, only one, the only one that survived, I still have the, was it Ram Man? The guy yeah. with the... the the head and, and he has little springs and you you press them in and then he pops up and, and, and jumps up yeah. That's the, only, the only one that survived all the rest of them are missing arms and legs but uh <laughs> anyway. so let's talk a bit about the community as we have the community manager here um what's so special about the community about endstream i think the fact that we've managed to make a location across our various channels where retro fans new and old can come together um, the Discord server in particular has taken off leaps and bounds because they love challenging each other. They absolutely love it when we put new challenges out on a Tuesday and there's a group of them that will instantly be like, this is my score, what have you got? This is my score, what have you got? <laughs> and they love the fact that they've got that new gaming element on a retro service and so many of them have been sharing it with their kids, which is amazing to see. Um, and it's been really, really nice to create this space and to nurture the space where all gaming is welcome, but at the heart is retro. And Joe, don't they send you gifts? You got people are sending you ants. Yeah, they sent us ants. <laughs> not, real, not real ones. That would be weird. Um, one of our one of our most active Discord community members was on holiday and found these amazing little sculpted metal ants and bought three of them and sent them to us. Um, and they've really embraced the the idea behind Antstream and the team behind it as well because we will listen to them. We will talk to them. We want this to be community led. We might not be able to act on it instantly because we are so small, but if you turn around and go, this might be a better idea, or can you get this? Um, mm-hmm. We're constantly taking game suggestions from them, what they want to see on the UI, what challenges would they like to see? Um, because we want them to know that we are there, we are listening. We're not just going to do a Kickstarter and then vanish into thin air. We came out the door running. We gave them this product in early access. We then did UK launch and every step of the way, we've constantly been in touch with them to find out, are they enjoying it? What do they want to see? What do they want next? Um, and the response has been absolutely overwhelming. It's incredible. Hmm. I did put out my, uh, my, my, my army ants for this one. 
just because. Oh, I approve of this. That was one of my, my original marketing stunt. I was going to release, you know, millions of fire ants in Leicester Square in London, but I decided that would probably be <laughs> Apparently health and safety is a thing and we have to do risk uh, Yeah. Um, but no, it also shows we're on the right track because I think there's, you know, there, there's been a couple people, you know, it's funny, you see comments in this world of social and, and there's going to be people that are like, no, not, you know, negative, but they actually don't subscribe. And then you see our community kind of come over the top and say, I actually pay for this and I play it and I love it. You know, where, where someone might say, I'm never, I'm never going to play this. Why would I do that? And it's, it's funny to me that people would leave a, a, a negative comment on something they've never even seen or played. But we get support from the community, and, and, and we, we generally are building it for them. I mean, Joe, Joe and her team do an incredible job of, of – I mean, the, I think of the best comments we get is they're so responsive. I mean, you know, they get back to people quickly because we're, we're genuinely interested to hear what people think. And, and we're trying to build something that, that we're proud of but actually fills this gap and gives people the ability to play these games. And, and I think it's not just, hey, let's, let's make a product and, and, and take money. It really is about do something cool that the community loves and is willing to pay for it because they know it's a service that they, they need. Right. Especially, I, I think we mentioned that a couple of times with other guests in the retro era, you have this problem that um, sometimes people got burned with bad products and then they think like, Oh, not another retro related product yep. coming out. Is this supposed to be vaporware or will it really happen? You know? So um, I think it's really not easy to come up with a new product, and especially something like stream-based. You know, that's why I asked the critical question about lag and all that, because that is what people are concerned, that it's a rip-off, you know, that it's not um, comparable to the original experience on the real machines. And it's so difficult with even the best emulators and, you know, like Jörg mentioned, the, uh, the, the 64 Mini, which, was, which is one of, the better, um, one of the better emulators for it. You know, it's, it's so difficult to not get a tiny, tiny little bit of lag because the way these machines were made was, was based on, you know, the, the, the scanning, the electron gun scanning on the screen. And, you know, every 60th of a second it would do that. And you're emulating that on the computer and there is a... Um, you know, there, there's an abstraction layer between your controller and then the USB bus and then the computer and then that thing. So, you know, even, you know, e even the best emulators have this, this tiny, tiny little bit of lag, which in general is not, is not a thing that most people notice. But you, then you get, you know, dudes that are experts and, and high score people that, that understand the timing, you know, to a microsecond that can find out, oh, wait, there's a, there's a lag there. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met, we, we, we met a few of those guys at, uh, at Play Expo. Yeah, we did. They knew. They, they sat down and they looked at this one-minute snippet of a game, and they, they played it a few times, and they knew exactly per second how to maximize their score within that minute. And so yep. when, when the guy finished, he put his controller, and I said, I've just got the, the, the highest score you could possibly get on that game. And he said, there's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way. And then I think someone beat him by 100 points. But uh, – <laughs> But no, I think, but, but actually, yeah. And then he came, then he, he was so pissed off. He came back the next day and then got it, got, got yeah. that extra hundred points. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it is, uh, there, there, so part, part of what we're building out too, not, not only is the, um, uh, the social challenges stuff, but we'll have a global leaderboard, which doesn't really pertain to the topic, but I think we'll come back to that. But the other part is, is kind of moving into kind of that esports challenge piece. 
mm. moving into kind of brackets and, and tournament play. And, and I think, you know, that has to be absolutely perfect. You know, so when people are playing and if you're, especially you're getting into a competitive play, uh, you've got to have the right device, the right connection, all that. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be pure because you can't have any reason that someone didn't get that extra point and then didn't move on to the finals or something like that. So, so those things are going to be really important to us. Um, but as we build out, we're, we're pretty excited about it. I think that's where some of the younger kids will get into the retro games again. It'll be that kind of re- our, our whole motto is retro reborn and retro reborn comes from that. If we bring this kind of social element, this kind of esports element to retro games, I mean, the games still hold up the content and the fun of the game still hold up just the newer games. I mean, that kid that just won, you know, 3 million us dollars on Fortnite. I mean, yeah. So today, yeah. Crazy. Right. So, Uh, uh, you know, obviously that's a different level, but you still want to be able to bring that kind of, that kind of, that feel and that experience to retro games. And I, I genuinely think, I mean, these games, some of these even obscure titles, uh, I just played the last space. Was that last? Have you ever heard of that game? Not me. No. Maybe it's the next space, the next space. Oh my God. The funnest game. It was better than other games. I've never, some of these games are more about discovery and I find these new games and I'm like, This is, they're, they're super fun and super challenging and really hard. And so to your, your point, like we move into that competitive space. I mean, that lag is going to be crucial. Mm-hmm. The other piece is that, that global leaderboard. And I, I think, you know, what used to drive me crazy, because I was more of an arcade. I would go to the arcade and drop quarters. I don't know. You guys didn't do quarters. Oh, yeah. It was more tokens, right? Did they switch it to tokens? Or for you guys, might have been francs. I don't know what it was. But, um, you know, we, we'd, go, we'd go drop quarters in. And uh, um, it used to drive, I, I had this weird, I, I had to be on the leaderboard and I always, there were certain games I had to be number one and I would just pace in this, in this like really stalkery obsessive manner while someone else was playing my game and just kind of look over the shoulder and make sure they didn't, you know, beat my, my score. And, and if they did, then I knew that it was going to cost me a, another pocket full of quarters or the next day, what was the worst is when the cleaners came through and did the vacuum and they accidentally, they plug it. <laughs> and they unplugged, you know, so, so it would drive me, drive me bonkers. So now we've got this kind of global leaderboard. So that'll stay, And, and, and be there and you can actually look at it and, and it's, no one's going to unplug it and you'll know if you're the biggest, best player of that particular game in your region. What was that? What was that Netflix special on the Donkey Kong guy? You know, now, you know, now, now you'll actually be able to that you had to go to New York and actually play Donkey Kong at a certain facility to be able to score your high score. Mm-hmm. Now you'd be able to just do it from your, your laptop or wherever and play yeah. whatever game you want and be the global leader. We've been saying that we need a, 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 backup plan to the current way that they they keep records and everything for that because it's basically one company and one dude and they, it's between little, galaxies you mean yeah yeah and it's, yeah, and it's, it's not exactly um um what i would call um subjective exactly yes well this i mean look that's we think this this will do that i mean this will give you an official leaderboard and uh uh if, if i'm number one on all of them then you know we've 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 rigged it but that, we can't rig it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so. well, what what can I say? Um, it's always a problem if if a if a company changes hands so often, and this is what happened to Twin Galaxies, you know. Uh, and 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 if you're you know with this, if the if the platform is delivering the same experience across every you know every every different platform that it's that it exists on, then you can you can. You can say that the dude that has the top score, he has that top score legitimately. It's not like he's using a cheat or anything else because you're, because what he's playing is going to be the exact same experience as what I'm playing when I go on to it. Right. 
you know yeah. so that's that's yeah 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 you can play on, you can play on your device and you can play you can play on i mean that's the advantage you can play on the device that you're better at if you feel mm-hmm. you know more you can play on your, your keyboard which i don't think you would but you, you could you can use your keyboard as a controller you might with your computer screen back there but you can play with your joystick you can play with your xbox controller you can play with a nintendo you can play with whatever controller you've got and yeah. bluetooth in uh and, and you can play on any device so that's that is the fun of it so it makes the purest of, of are you better than me at this game or not and Mm-hmm. I, I think that it was the next space. I, I hope I'm getting that name right. Uh, I'll send you the link and then you can challenge me. But I was the global leader for about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> until, I, until I talked a lot of smack and I told the team here that I was the global leader and I pranced around like, you know, the big man on campus. And then they all decided to pick up their controllers and, and it took <laughs> minutes. Now I'm, I think I'm number eight in the world, but there's not a lot of people playing that game. So, but it is really fun. It's kind of like a, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's like a Space Invaders meets Galaga meets a Missile Command. I don't, it's insane. I'll, 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 I'll send you the link. You guys should try it. It's a really cool game. Hmm. Well, well, I should uh, add, I, I'm not this uh, kind of competitive guy because I'm, like I said, I'm a, a real bad gamer. And what, what interests me, or what I find the most interesting is that I, when I was a kid, concentrated on the Amiga uh, due to money lack, lack of money, so, so you say. And um, now I have the possibility with uh, Anstream that I can play a lot of games from systems I never had and I would never buy nowadays. Uh, I had this problem, my, my, my parents said, no, you don't get any console. So when I was young, I had no console at all. And the day I, I went 18, I, I went to eBay and bought, bought every... <laughs> console i could get <laughs> so i can now uh, save my money again and play all these games but what interests interests me is to know what games are the most played games on endstream on of, of, of which systems that would uh, challenge me prehistoric isle um okay. a lot of the, basically the games with the challenges are the most played on the system we've noticed that like there's um there's a title on there called lasso which most of our community had never heard of. We put it out, we put a challenge on, it's now the second most played game okay. uh, on Antstream because the minute it has a challenge attached to it, that's what they love. Um, in terms of platforms, any game that's got a multiple platform, it does seem to be a very close split because so many people had either a Spectrum or an Amiga or, and yeah. so we've realized we've hit some, we've hit every single market in that terms because when you when you break it down it's it's a very even split across platforms but any game with challenges is automatically up there um in the top played hey, let me show you i don't know if you guys can see this it's probably not great for a, a, a podcast but uh you could tell it with, there, there's the game i was telling you about next space okay so these are the games that i play all the time and then speedball has actually been a really good one double these are my favorites so these are the ones i've been playing Oh, Speedball. Speedball is a classic, yeah. yeah spin, spin Master is one where you go around and you beat people up with a yo-yo. Or, or, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's some good games. This is that next space one, so I'll show you. Like, we could... <laughs> but it, it kind of starts out and shows you the controls. Oh, I don't have a controller set. I don't have a controller set, so it just tells you on that, the mm-hmm. movements. Okay. Hmm. And this, so this, if you go back, it actually shows you, this is the arcade version, so, so this... This should give you the same exact experience as the arcade. Interesting. Okay. I'm not good at it because I, I got one hand on my phone <laughs> and one hand there. But this, 
<laughs> this is the, this is the, I don't even, uh, there we go. This is the worst demo ever. <laughs> don't be a good gamer, be an enthusiastic gamer. That's my motto. Yeah. Retro. Yeah, yeah. So, is it, does it look like, it looks like a lot of different games combined. I don't know if you've ever seen this game, but it's really fun. I haven't, but it does look good. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, it's, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll quit out of I that. wonder, I wonder how about multiplayer? Um, can somebody from China play against somebody on Indonesia, for example, in games like, um, like International Karate Plus, as Martin mentioned it at the beginning? It's coming. Yeah. Oh, so that's still coming. It okay. is definitely coming. It's on the roadmap um, because we've got local co-op, so you can get those nice retro old school feels of playing with your friends around at mm -hmm. yours on a Saturday night, ordering in pizza and seeing who's best at, at whatever title you choose. Obviously, with online multiplayer, it, it's a huge task to undertake getting these games online to do multiplayer, but yeah. I know, I know. are doing it. We once did a we once did a Twitch stream where AJ and I played played against each other, and he actually had to call into my virtual private network. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't it wouldn't find uh, wouldn't brutal. find the computer, and that was brutal. But it was so successful. I still won now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Even, you said he's not competitive. That's like taking candy from a baby. He just he wanted you to win. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and sometimes we lost sync, and then and then uh, summer games crashed, but pit stop worked. That was a surprise. <laughs> so, um, and people were telling us we are crazy to make a multiplayer um, <laughs> game over Vice emulator with an alpha alpha um, internet yeah, multiplayer function, and it crashed all the time, but but it worked um, in a way, you know. So I'm pretty sure it will be very successful once you implemented that. Now, what? I, I, um, the, the biggest question of that is, is technology. So right now we do asynchronous social challenges because the technology allows you to do that. It's kind of that words of friends. It makes it more, we're really focused on kind of snackable arcade style gaming. Mm -hmm. you know, so you, you kind of pop in. This is not the thing where you're going to play, you know, 10 hour sessions. You're going to come in, play, play a couple challenges, do some fun things like, you know, kind of, get your mind off things just like you go to the arcade and kind of pass some time while mom was shopping or something, I guess. But, mm -hmm. uh, I think as, as, as technology develops and 5g becomes a little more of the norm, uh, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, there's big expectations about 5g is and if that feels like a Wi-Fi experience that that will probably, as that technology evolves, then the ability to start playing, you know, double dragon against your friend in another continent in real time is, is going to be more and more likely. Uh, right now, not likely. You can play two-player, though. I mean, you can play two-player on Double Dragon right now if you're sitting on the same same machine, same console. So that ability with two controllers sitting there on a big screen, uh, you can play. The, the yeah. social piece different. Right now, the social asynchronous social is the focus uh, only because it's it's a better user experience. But do you have a time frame where you want to um, activate the remote multiplayer, actually? Uh, look, I, I think that's going to come down to technology and as things develop. I mean, there's there's still a lot of things that are out of our control, uh, and okay. especially if you start talking about continents and developed worlds and, and how that works. If the U.S. is rolling out 5G, it, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in play there. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, I told you, our, our roadmap is a, is a mile long. We have so many fun <laughs> things, and every day yeah. we come up with new ideas. And we, oh, we should do that, we should do that. And, and, and then, and then the, the product, I say, yeah, but we have to, like, oh, yeah, that's really cool too. So there's... You know, the eSports e thing, the challenge thing, uh, uh, the, the, the leaderboards, all these things are uh, developing 
uh, as we progress. So we're, we're excited about all of it. We just don't have enough time in the day. So you know, feel free to be, give a plug if anyone wants to come work with us and, and help <laughs> us build things, please. Oh, yes, you're hiring. Yeah, we're yeah. hiring, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're, interesting. We're hiring. So we want, we want uh, you know, retro, uh, retro a must, uh, people who love games, nice people, only nice people. And, uh, but you know, we want, we want people to come and, and help us build this stuff out. Cause we've, we've got a vision and we've got a lot to do. We're running a million miles a minute. Mm. Wow. Mm. So, so once you've got this remote multiplayer thing featured, um, working, I totally would say that's a reason for me to be a customer playing against my staff members here yeah. mania or something that would totally <laughs> kill it, you know? <laughs> So if, if AJ sends you a, if AJ, if your phone beeps and AJ sends you a challenge that says I'm the I'm the global leader of pit stop or or I challenge you to you know I I, I, I challenge you to my best time and then you race on your own that, that I think that'll still get you yeah but still at the same time real time that would really kill me you know that would yeah really but then you then you won't get anything done at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, and it, it's funny because we have people from China and, and Peru and so on. So if you ever get this worked out, we probably can work in something out and get getting all these people at one place so you can test if the leg is working or not. <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk about this in Cologne. Yeah, yeah my, why not? Yeah, actually, actually at Cologne for the first time, our... Our staff member from Peru will be present. Oh, cool! So, so you will you will probably meet him as well. So. Peruvian food is the best. So Peruvian food with a hefeweizen. I know, I know. I've been in Peru uh, seven years ago for three weeks. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, just, cool. just got a question. Just just a little question because I'm 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 um, looking at your web page and your uh, Facebook community here. Is there a list of the games available? Because I, I'm, in, I'm in search for uh, games starring um, ants. Like pushover. <laughs> yeah. uh, go to antstream.com forward slash games list. Uh -huh. You'll get the full list of games. I should put the lights games. on. It's getting dark I, I, in here. Martin, I, I shall inform you that list is not up to date because we've just oh. added, we're, yeah. we're, we're adding more to it. So we, there's even more coming. Now, yeah, what platforms are supported just, just on? Like, the little like, overview. Mm. Mm. Now, what platforms do you have games from? Because we've, we've just we've established there's C64, there's probably NES. Um, what else is on there? C64, Amiga, Spectrum, and the old Mega Drive game, and there's a lot of arcade. Okay. Yeah, and if you see, I, I can't... Asia, I don't know if I can show you, but if you can see... I don't know. Can you see that? If you see in the bottom corner there, you see Amiga. Uh -huh. So it tells you what version. So there would be like Dizzy from like the Spectrum version. Okay. Or here's like Pit Stop that'll say from C64. So it tells you uh, the different type of version. It'll say Arcade. So it gives you, it, it lets you know which one it is. There's Renegade, like C64 version. And that, that right. is awesome because there's a lot of stuff, you know, it, being in the U.S., the Spectrum was not something that, that we really got mm -hmm. um, exposed to you know it was huge in 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 britain and um there's a lot of games you know i hear a lot about it there's a lot of of attempts to make something new like the the the, the vega plus catastrophe and all that but um but it's one of those things where i see it and it's like i i can't bring myself to buy the thing because 
I, I don't have any history with it, but I would still love to play the games and experience what, you know, some of what they, they had over there. I think you're, the biggest I think selling you're right. point the stream yeah. is that ability, if you don't have the shelf space or the bank account to be a collector, mm -hmm. it's now at your fingertips. Right. And, and the I mean, fact that a lot of arcades, you can't, the arcades are kind of vanishing. And, and unless you're going to build your own. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And, and, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I, I live in New Jersey, so I, there's no money left over when I'm, you know, <laughs> the, the cost of living is too crazy. I don't have that kind of, that kind of cash to put that stuff in there. So the next best thing, rather than driving three hours to find some arcade in the middle of Pennsylvania or something is to be able to access them like this and play the original arcades on your, on your home computer and not worry about the overhead of lugging in a cabinet and trying to, you know, make a 45 year old Frogger arcade actually function after it's been in the basement for 30 years. Yeah. Are you missing like one pixel on the screen where like the, where, where you die every time and you don't know why that's a little black hole. But I, I think look, the, the one thing I didn't expect as much as the, the discovery element. Cause I was always like, man, we got, you know, we, we need all the games. We need all the games. That was my original thinking. And, and now the discovery element and like kind of what you said is that that discovery element, when you walk into an arcade and it's the sounds and the colors and, and sometimes maybe there's no, there's no one in line and no one's playing it. You'd be like, Oh, I'll just give this one a shot. Cause everyone's playing the popular game mm -hmm. and, and you play it and you find out it, it becomes your game and you love it. Right. That, that discovery element has just been, you know, for me, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not joking about that next space. I mean, I, I've never played it in my life. I probably never would have played it if I watched into arcade, but now I'm playing it and it's, it's incredibly fun. And so to have that ability, and, and I think that's American. I didn't realize because being American, there, there's that divide. These games, these European games, are really good, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 we didn't get to see them, and, and vice versa. So to be able to now have that experience, like you are walking into an arcade that could potentially have been maybe in the UK or in, in Germany, and you walk in and go, wow, you feel like you're in like Stranger Things, whereas like none none of the games make sense to you. So uh, and. and we're finding that with the 15, 16, you know, the teenagers, like they're, they're, they're finding games. Of course, they never played them, so they don't have that nostalgic feeling that we're looking for. And, and they're finding the games, the, the content generally holds up. I mean, who wouldn't want to kill, kill bad clowns with a yo-yo? Right, right. Well, that's the thing that I've said a couple of times with this is that, you know, games for the longest time, they've gotten more complicated and there's, there's better graphics and better sound and whatnot. But, but it doesn't necessarily equal a better game. A good game is, you know, Super Mario Brothers was primitive and not not the best, but as far as graphics and, and sound goes, but it's a good game. It's like the prototype for the platformer, you know. And there's a lot of those games where where you can't make it better than it was originally. Right. You've kind of remixed versions of the games where the graphics are better and it's got better sound, and it doesn't play as well because it's just it doesn't that that initial whatever it captured that first time just doesn't doesn't translate to this you know flashier version yeah it's like adding color to like streetcar named desire or something it doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense to add things to new stuff so i'm looking right. at i just looked at burger time you know <laughs> i mean burger time is great yeah. yeah i mean so you know you look at these games and, and the beauty now is in in the, the the badness of the game is actually the beauty of it right like it's yeah. sorry if you develop anyone develop burger time but it's uh, such a pixelated <laughs> A pixelated version of you jumping through hamburgers and lettuce and ketchup and yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the good careful of the, the, the community was Tilt. 
<laughs> Tilt isn't. Oh, I, I'm horrendous at it. But the guys on the Discord have taken to that. None of them knew it existed. It's a little C64 one where you've got to control the ball, move the controllers to move it around a maze. And they've all, they've all fallen in love with it. They think it's brilliant. And I think discovering these games, these little gems that you didn't know existed, yeah. that's, that's where so much of the joy is coming from. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oh, he's in burger time now. We've lost him. Yeah. He's, a fried, <laughs> he's a fried egg running around. Look at that. Yeah, that's yeah. you have to be careful about. Yeah. No, Come on, let's yeah. go. I'm not moving. Oh, I just died. I got eaten by a... Is that a <laughs> That's my kind of humor. That's nice. And it always <laughs> killed me because, like, why is there a fried egg on my burger? <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Have you not had a fried egg on your burger? <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually have. Um, I, I didn't have that until I moved to the UK, and now I, I think it's, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> As a kid, I always got the pickles removed first. What? Yeah. Oh, I was always that kid ate the pickles. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, your pickles in Europe are worse than the pickles in America. Our pickles in America, we've got pickles down. You guys, your pickles are sweet pickles. Our pickles are nice. Oh, oh it's a, they're, they're throwing gherkins on there. That's just wrong. Yeah, yeah, they do sweet, sweet gherkins. And we, we do, uh, the, I can't find pickles, even German pickles. You got to find, anyway, we're getting off topic again, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about food, who doesn't like it? <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing burger time now, so what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> But just do me this, uh, you have to get the license for pushover then. I, I, not for your list, you have to have pushover. It's a game starring an ant playing a puzzle game. It's challenging, it's nice. Please do me the favor. I'll so add if, it we, to our list. if we get it, will you get a, will you get a pushover tattoo or something? Uh, um, no, but <laughs> <laughs> what will I do? I think about it for five minutes. I will say something in five minutes. <laughs> that's how that's how I've been motivating the licensing guys here. I say, give me this game, and I'll get it. If you get it to me by Friday, I'll get a tattoo of the of the of the, the character. Oh man! So I know, hopefully, hopefully that backfires on me. I wonder, by the way, we always talk only about games. How about educational games? You know, or enter? You know, I don't know. Are you working trail on there? Yeah, I just something like I just, that. I just learned how to put together a burger. <laughs> <laughs> That's also not bad. But, I, but I'm wondering, are you looking into other type of software or are you saying no games is, is good enough? You're not going into education and all that stuff. Or, you know, or... Well, I, would, like... I would think that it would be, because obviously they're not going to be, you're not going to be streaming a word processor for the Commodore 64 because, you know, you might as well just chew your arm off and... and... You know, but but yeah, on the Amiga, the Amica paint was quite famous at Gamescom, right? I think Martin can say about that. People yeah. started actually trying on the on the Gamescom machine. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, we we had the um, the Scene World magazine running on the Amiga, and uh, some tricky guys uh, escaped to the Amiga OS and uh, found personal paint. <laughs> Or deluxe paint, I don't know, but uh, and it started to pixel graphics, and there were uh, kids sitting with 14, 15 years there and uh, pixeling nice uh, uh, pictures. That's what very cool. Huh. Uh, so. I don't. I mean, look, we're, we're not saying no to, but I mean, right now, you know, I'm glad you're not in charge of our product team because you'd be you'd be killing us right now. We got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have you so much. Have ideas. <laughs> I was I was looking for. Um, uh, I'm, I'm flipping through looking for games that might be educational. I, you know, I'm seeing, uh, 
Mr. Weems, she vampires. I don't think that's going to be very educational. Nitro ball. You know, the best one is burger time. How to make a burger. What about sensible soccer? Did you ever, did you ever play sensi oh, soccer? I've got, oh, of course, of course. Oh, got the, the terrible American version of sensible soccer right there. Oh yeah. Ben Aaron's pro soccer, which when you start it up is just sensible soccer. Yeah, so sensible soccer. I mean, you could learn how. Don't you have to manage your team, and you know, you gotta you gotta manage budgets and everything, right? <laughs> yep. So you can learn you can learn uh, uh, budget management. <laughs> okay, so. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess we are getting too far here. What's just something I was interested in? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you know, if they ever expand into like the Apple II area, then you bring in number munchers, and you're good. <laughs> Yeah, that's I learned. That's I learned. Uh, I played Lemonade Stand on my Apple II. Yes, yes. Did you play that? And that that was I, I I blame that for my attention deficit disorder and also for me doing okay in math. But uh, <laughs> when I sat there, it was so fresh because it'd be like, oh, you know, you do all the work, and then all of a sudden it rains, and you're like, oh. <laughs> I'm in Arizona. No, it doesn't rain in Arizona. No one. My wa Lemonade Stand is not a washout. Anyway, <laughs> you get, and you hey, the whole, like the the mech that that um. The MECC, the, the Minnesota Educational Computing, whatever, they're the ones that did like Lemonade Stand and Oregon Trail and all those other kind of edutainment titles back in the back yeah. in the, Gotta get their catalog and just kind of throw that on there. Be like stuff you don't want to play. Yeah, my, my son my son came home really uh, really proud of himself maybe a couple years ago because he said there was a test question on his thing that was the that it was a type of metal. And he said I only knew the answer because of uh, Minecraft. And he was so proud. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was trying to convince me that Minecraft made you smarter. And he said, Dad, there was a question on my test. And I knew it. It was in geology because it was a metal. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Minecraft is education. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, talking about new, new things to branch out to. I mean, DOS gaming is a thing nowadays. DOS gaming? Yeah. PC. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah the classic PC thing. Yeah, don't we? You can play PC on it, Joe. You do you have an answer to that? Because we can play PC on this, but that's different. I, I don't really know. Uh, DOS game. We've had requests for it, and I know that it is being looked into. Um, mm -hmm. our, like our game request list is at twelve hundred games last time mm -hmm. I checked. Um, <laughs> because if every, well, time, every, time someone, every time someone says we want this game, we go okay, we'll add it to the list, and our licensing team are going to hate us for it. But it means we're taking on board what people want. Uh, mm -hmm. DOS games have come up, point-and-click adventures have come up, RPGs have come up, oh, and okay. these are all things we want to work towards. Um, <laughs> another cheeky plug from AJ. Um, these are all things that we want to work towards. So, like, I remember the first game I played was Bravo, yes. Prince of Persia through DOS. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that was also classic. That was my, my first game that I played growing up. So it's definitely got a special place in my heart for it. And the community really do see, want to see it. So every time we get a, a suggestion, it goes on the ever-growing list. Um, so it, it's another watch the space because, as Brandon says, our roadmap is a mile long and it's constantly getting longer. Well, Lewis, I have to hit F7 and now I don't even have an F7. Yeah, there is no F7. <laughs> this, this was badly thought out. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just hit play. I don't know. What do I do? Oh, play. There you go. Yeah, can't you just be happy with Hover Buffer instead of make us build out all these new products? <laughs> <laughs> Hover Buffer is also a great game. I love it is, that. It is. <laughs> Educational. Yeah. How, yeah to, exactly. how to mourn a law. Yeah. So, um, 
Well, you said you are hiring actually. So where can people actually contact you for hire, for getting hired and what kind of people are you actually looking into? Um, at the moment, we've got two different uh, roles available, which are a senior DevOps engineer and a front-end stack developer. Um, and again, if you go to antstream.com forward slash jobs, you can keep an eye out there whenever we're hiring, it'll go up on there. You can also, as usual, follow us on the social channels. You'll find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Antstream Arcade. Um, and anytime we're, we're hiring, we also put it out on social channels for anyone that's not keeping an eye on the website. Martin, um, you and me, so let's blow scene world and go over there. <laughs> well, oddly, oddly, I was just going to say, Jörg, we're also weirdly looking for a position for someone just to sit in a chair in the corner with their headphones on and just bark out like new ideas all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you know anyone, but that could be, I don't know if you're qualified. <laughs> that would be well, the scene world was founded because of the crazy, the crazy ideas I had. Yeah. Just good, sitting, yeah. sitting in a corner yelling angrily at the wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah right all right hey that's great i learned a lot today that's amazing yeah um, definitely awesome i've i've actually i'm actually kind of jazzed and i think i may sign up for this as soon wow. as we go yeah. <laughs> awesome. so yeah. we've, we've had a lot of fun hopefully now i feel like you guys are nice guys and you got nice uh radio voices uh maybe we can meet in uh that was a nice way of saying you have voice. You gotta. You should stay on radio. Yes. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. No, but we we should meet in Cologne and and we'll show you the platform and uh, definitely. And uh, yeah, that, that would be great. That would yeah, be we're great. we're excited about it. So we'll we'll see you out there and uh, you know tell the world about us and we'll we'll, we'll come around. And we want to meet as many people as possible out there. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see some people. Especially yeah, cool. as I said before, the history part that you're covering about the games and the publishers and all that is also great. Because yeah. that's something a lot of services wouldn't do because it's extra work without earning you money, you know? But, yeah, but to be honest, that's something we started doing in the early stages and, and we'd love to keep going and that's our goal. But yeah, it, it is hard when you start running big product lists and you got to get this stuff out and, and you know, there, there's, there's nice to haves and must haves. So hopefully we can keep that stuff going. But uh, uh, short term, we got to get more games in and we got to keep, keep, keep growing the platform and keep giving people a, you know, there's still a few platforms that we want, like PS4, I think is coming out. Uh, there's still some things that we're going to be rolling out very soon. So we, those are priorities, of course. Mm -hmm. So thanks a lot, guys. And um, enjoy your day or evening, depending <laughs> on the time zone. <laughs> evening. And, going to bed. and, and uh, keep in touch. <laughs> we'll, see you, we'll see you in Cologne for sure. Oh, uh, certainly. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.